Welcome to Mind Music Mastery, a weekly podcast brought to you by Talyard Education. Join us for a series of episodes for every creative to explore the space inside of ourselves as well as outside of ourselves. You are your own champion. You are your own best friend. Hi and welcome to episode six of the Mind Music Mastery podcast. I'm your host Susanna Story and I'm here with the ever lovely Lucy Massiera. Hello, hello, hello. And hello. <laughs> um, and today we've got a special kind of a top tips episode. Um, we're going to be talking about mental health for creatives um, and for musicians and songwriters and um, everything in the creative field really. Um, and yeah, we're just gonna unpack a few things, chat through some mental health stuff and really just offer some really practical advice today on things that we can do, especially as we're kind of transitioning from this kind of COVID-19 quarantined time into starting to go back to work slowly and being able to see other people um, and kind of just really looking at how we can maintain really um, good wellness at this time. I love it. I love it. I think this is this is really timely. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of anxiety, I think, in the air at the moment of people, you know, sort of on the cusp of that transition. So I think great time for these these top tips from you, Suze. But also I think just moving forward, always love a top tip from you. So let's let's do this today. Yes. I mean, I've been through these already <laughs> myself and I, I'm already sort of taking quite a lot from them. So I think we could just go through them one by one and we can start elaborating on I guess all of the different tips that you have to offer our, our listeners today. Should we get rolling? Yeah, let's get rolling. Okay, so uh, let's start with number one. To embrace your emotional awareness as a pro rather than a con and learn to see your emotions as friends, not enemies. They're, they're, they are there to highlight and signpost you to your health rather than negative traits to be suppressed or destroyed. Um, yeah, I just want to kind of unpack that a little bit. Sometimes we can see our emotions um, as something to be scared of, um, something that can feel overwhelming or destructive. Um, well, actually, if we kind of begin to flip the script on that almost and start to see them as uh, as friends there to highlight and signpost us where things um, on where we're not well, where we're not in health. Um, and be able to direct us to where we can overcome those struggles and be able to navigate through to wellness, I think that could be a really, really positive thing. So, um, for example, um, I've had myself, like, had times of real, like, anxiety during this COVID-19 because in initially there was such a shift in our routine and in our schedules and in the way that we did life that that, that transition mm -hmm. period was really unnerving and it caused some anxiety, like, oh... I didn't realise that COVID-19 was so serious. Like, um, have I exposed myself to to things that I shouldn't have? Like, am I going to get sick? Are my kids going to get sick? You know, you can start kind of almost snowballing um, with regards to that and actually taking time to reflect and say, oh, hold on a second. Why am I feeling anxious? Oh, okay, because there's been a, a change that's happened really quickly. And we know that whenever we go through transition or we go through a period of change, there's going to be a roller coaster of emotions. And actually, we need to ride the wave and say, oh, it's okay. Here's some things that I can do to really um, put some positive things into place to counteract that. Lucy, have you become more emotionally aware over the kind of the last um, two to three months of being in lockdown? And if so, like, how's that affected you? 
Uh, that's a really good question, Suze. Uh, massively, I would say. Um, it was just it was just such a shift, like you say. I think I was in a really similar position to you, where I didn't necessarily quite, I guess, understand immediately just the kind of grand scale or the impact this was going to have. Um, so you know, I think the initial mm. couple of weeks there was just like deterioration in my mental health and actually me and my partner packed up and went to Wales for two weeks just to get out of London um to be somewhere where we were a bit more around nature to try and sort of recenter ourselves and it really really helped um but I did find myself sort of being for no real reason a little bit more perhaps on the edge of anxiety than I would have been um I also have a mother that works for the NHS like on the front line so mm. and she, you know she's a at risk sort of subject as well so obviously there was quite a lot of anxiety around that so I did find myself sort of hypersensitive for a while um oh, yeah. yeah so as you as you can imagine I think everyone's felt it but but certainly everything was a little bit elevated and I think some days it still is mm. but in some ways and some days I was kind of afraid of it and now I think I'm I'm less afraid of it I'm more just sort of look into it and just sort of try to understand why I'm feeling that way on specific days and see if I can and this is probably a lot through your help Sue is just see how I can maybe unpack that feeling and get to the root cause of it mm. yeah uh, that's amazing um I love that and I think sometimes when you get overwhelmed with emotions our initial reaction to pain is to shut it down or to run from it Mm. whereas actually if we start to press into it and be like actually what are you showing me what's going on here how have I come to feel this way uh, we're able to understand what the opposite of it is and be able to do the opposite to bring like to bring that balance back again um, mm. and so yeah I think that's our top tip number one would be to embrace your emotions um, and help ask yourself questions so that you can help yourself to navigate them rather than run for them um, so number two, top tip number two, um, is take time to minimize your natural catastrophizing tendencies, such as jumping to conclusions or a tendency to jump immediately to the worst case scenario. I know that when I've done, um, I've done this before so many times before where I've, um, thought about a situation or I'm going into a meeting and my mind immediately jumps to worst case scenario what have I done wrong um you know how can I fix this like you know uh, I think it's a really normal reaction however what I've learned to do now is saying hold on a second you jump into worst case scenario let's bring a bit of kind of balance back into here what's the best case scenario let me take time to consider the best case scenario because chances are my wellness is somewhere in the middle of that you know and what's actually going to happen is somewhere in the middle of that you know mm. um and so many times we can work ourselves up into anxiety because we catastrophize instead of minimize and actually mm -hmm. a really great way to kind of get a good balanced view of both and also empathize with yourself from two viewpoints is okay what's the worst case scenario what's the best case scenario chances are it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and um and that's been a really really great tool for me in overcoming anxiety about the unknown to be able to say oh hold on a second let me look at this a little bit deeper let me look at this from another perspective um, and be able to see things from a different perspective to to actually kind of calm down my nervous system because when I catastrophize I send my nervous system into the flight or fight response mm -hmm. flight, fight or freeze um, and 
and when my nervous system is there my emotions are like can can rise up and block block out my ability to think logically because I'll, I'll get stuck in my emotions actually a really great way to kind of overcome that is to consider the best case scenario begin to calm down the nervous system take away that sense of threat and access my logic part of my brain um, and say okay what are my emotions showing me what's how can I apply logic to this and how can I kind of be at peace with this and just take what happens um, as it happens without worry and without concern that resonates with me so much when you said the kind of jumping to the worst case scenario my brain I've gotten a lot better over the last few years but my brain used to do that almost immediately it was like by default by this kind of embedded and entrenched kind of pattern of behavior where I would immediately project into a situation that could have been tomorrow or even a year away the worst scenario and then actually I sort of managed to start beginning to tell myself stop projecting because actually from my understanding of the way my mind works and also the way the world works if I am projecting the worst case scenario I'm almost inviting it to myself as well Mm. so by flipping that pattern of behavior and going no I don't deserve or want that to be my outcome so let me focus on the positive as you've just sort of outlined being a, a sort of strategy and then I would find that everything started to kind of calm down yeah. and I was able to catch myself sooner when I sort of would jump to the kind of catastrophic phase which I think actually everyone who's listening to this could probably resonate with the kind mm. of like yeah. worst case scenario. I'm thinking going into big board meetings. I'm thinking just before you jump out on stage for a performance, all of these scenarios, even the smallest things like, you know, beating somebody for the first time, just anything, things yeah. that don't require any real danger, but definitely. our brain tells us there's serious danger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I think you can kind of apply this method to, to any kind of industry, really, any creative. Um, even in, like, finishing a project and wanting to get it out into the public, there's also this fear of, like, the worst-case scenario, what if no one likes it? What if no one buys my product? Like, what if no one cares what I'm doing, you know? And that can sometimes stop us from being able to show our art to the world. But actually, what's the best-case scenario? what if everyone loves it what if loads of people Mm. buy it like you know what if um you know it's received really really well um and chances are it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle of that so yeah so i think tip number two would be take time to minimize catastrophizing and also to consider not just the worst case scenario but also the best case scenario okay so top tip number three seek out encouraging environments and positive people avoid those who are relentlessly pessimistic or highly critical of your ideals because the company you keep you become he goes dropped mm. a meme for you <laughs> the company Ugh. that you keep you become you know i, I think that. this this has been an absolute game changer for me and that's not to say that mm. i cut off um pessimistic or negative friends it's just that i begin to look at friendships differently i have this thing that i call my zones right so a bit like the tube you've got your zone one is like that's where all the expensive like (laughs) that's like zone one is like the most expensive part of london right we all know that it's like a monopoly that would be like mayfair and park lane (laughs) (laughs) you know um and then like zone two is kind of you know they're, they're kind of you know more upmarket places zone three 
you know it's kind of getting it's kind of middle ground zone fours when you're starting to get out into the suburbs you know <laughs> um and so <laughs> i start to look at my friendships like this and so my zone oneers are like my ride or dies right they're the people that i know um give to me as much as i give to them there's a real sense of a mutuality there there's a real sense of getting my needs met and meeting the needs of my closest and dearest they're like the ones that i know will have my back you know those are my zone oneers and then my zone twoers are like the friends that you have really close relationships with but you know you probably don't see them as often but when you see them you like pick up where you left off and it's like there's been no time and there's a real sense of mutuality there you, you give and you get as much as you give and you get you get and you receive like in that same in that same vein those are your zone twoers and then my zone three is are the people that I give a little to um, and I get a little from like, so it's kind of, it's balanced, but there's a tendency, maybe I'm giving more in those relationships, you know? Mm. Um, and for me, they're kind of like, that's kind of where I've probably put a lot of my family, like in my zone three is, you know, I, mm. I don't speak to them that often, but when we speak, it's like, there's a real sense of love and concern there. Um, but they're not too involved in my life. I'm not too involved in their life. But there's a real genuine concern um, both ways. And then my zone four is are the people that I know are in my life for a reason. Um, I may not have really, really close friendships. Um, I may give a lot in those relationships. And, you know, I may get a little bit back in those relationships. And then my zone fives are the people in my life who I know they're in my life because I'm there to serve them and I have no expectation of getting anything from them. I know that those relationships are purely relationships that I give to. Um, and the way that I manage my time with regards to those zones is that a lot of my time is spent with my zone ones because I understand that I need to refuel, I need to I need to receive as much as I give kind of thing. Um, in, in time, in emotion, you know, in those, in like practicalities and just like doing life with people, you know, um, so a lot of my time will be spent with my, 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 will be spent with my zone oneers. And then as I go out the zones, I reduce the amount of time that I spend because I have only a, a certain amount of capacity to give, you know, and, and that's kind of how I manage my company, if you like. Um, so that I stay fueled, that I stay present, that I stay well. Because if if I move, if my if I put people who are in my zone five and move them into zone one, and all they do is take 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 take, that's incredibly draining, and that can lead to things like resentment. That can lead to wrong expectations. That can lead to like feeling guilted into relationships and not being free to be fully yourself you know so I'm a real firm believer that you don't cut people out of your life you just move them into a different zone so, and then you adjust your expectations of them so it's the onus is on, on ourselves to look after ourselves and adjust our own expectations um, and be okay with that because there will be times in life where we're called to serve others and we're called to just give in relationships and not to receive and when we begin to adjust our expectations on that and say oh, actually I think I could have capacity like once a month to just be in a friendship where I'm just giving you know I can um, and, and whatever that is for, for you because everybody's capacity is different you know um, then your expectations change you begin to flourish even in the relationships where you're not receiving 
because you adjust your own expectations and there's so much health and I've seen so much health come to my friendships as a result of of having this kind of mentality and that's not to say that people can't move in and out of zones as well and then you've got the and then you've got the people that I like put in like the park and ride zone which is like <laughs> you know I haven't got time like once every blue moon you can have my time because you know they're hard work you know God, those uh, those guys are out of London they're even out of zone six mate yeah they're in park and ride bro <laughs> like <laughs> But um, yeah, but just really seeking out those encouraging environments because I think environments, and we talked, we touched a little bit about this on our previous episodes, our environment is key to our growth. Mm. So like, what are you allowing to water you? What are you allowing to, what kind of soil are you being, are you planting yourself in, you know, um, from mm. a real practical point of view? Um, so really seeking out encouraging environments and positive people to really help you grow as a person, as an individual but also be a part in someone else's growth as well. Mm. Um, and that's where you feel most fulfilled. You'll feel it. There's a sense of joy that comes in spending time with those people. You don't feel drained. You actually feel, you feel fueled up, you know? Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. I'm just sitting here kind of thinking about all of the people in my life that I love and <laughs> I'm, I'm almost trying to zone them as you're talking. It's quite <laughs> difficult. Yeah. It's going to take me a while. Yeah. Um, but I resonate with everything you're saying and being around those people that make you smile and make you happy because it's so easy to to sort of spend time with people and not necessarily think about that give and take exchange. So I think that is an amazing tip. Um, yeah, thanks for that one, Suze. No worries. Okay, so where are we? Number four, single out one priority at a time instead of spreading your energy. This is especially important as stress can make you lose track of your priorities my top tip would be to every day write out what your top five priorities are for that day you can put it on a post-it or carry it in your notes on your phone um put it on your laptop screensaver whatever works for you and keep referring to this priority list to help you keep focus um especially when times are uncertain you know and especially this particular season with the covid19 um quarantine and um, the way that, that society has changed and the way that we've worked has changed, it's really important to prioritise, like, what are my top priorities? You know, and have that as something to refer to because sometimes we can get so stuck in our emotions and that our emotions feel overwhelming. And if we haven't put things in place to help us shift our focus, our focus does become how we how we feel. It does become the unknown. It does become all the negative things that you mm. see on social media. And that can be really, really difficult to navigate if we don't have systems in place to help us through that. You know, mm. um, it's almost like you're trying to climb a really steep mountain, but you've got no like, you know, the shoes that have got the little spikes in to grip, you know, <laughs> and the little the little uh, the little hammer to like drive it into the, the mountain you can consider like your top five priorities being those tools that help you to climb this really steep mountain and stop you from falling down um and yeah that I've been doing that um pretty much every day since lockdown and I've really found that having my priorities so you can have like short-term priorities long-term priorities has really helped me to keep going and get the stuff done that I need to get done um and also really helped me to have a sense of purpose and have a sense of direction um, in times where things have really been shifted and changed really rapidly. Um, 
and everybody's kind of in the same boat so yeah i would i'd really recommend singling out your priorities you know and focusing on one at a time yeah i think that's a really really good one i think we've probably all been there where we've sort of had so many things on our plate and like you say especially now everything feels a little bit amplified doesn't it Mm. um so just being able to sort of sit with yourself and I'm a big fan of writing things down and writing lists and actually they really help me through and I do lists for almost everything yeah um but I've never tried the top five priorities and I can see just how that would be really helpful so I'm definitely taking that one away with me as well amazing okay amazing okay so moving to number five strive for excellence instead of perfection excellence looks like constant growth and reflection a cycle almost like a of constant growth and reflection whereas perfection will stop you from even starting whereas excellence won't and so I want to touch a little bit we touched a little bit on this previously but kind of going a bit deeper that when we have perfectionistic tendencies a lot of the times that comes from unmet needs um, and those unmet needs could have happened in childhood like when you you maybe did a painting and your parents weren't really interested or you created something or you know um you didn't get the response back the nurturing um as a child and a lot of us can relate to that um and so it it kind of breeds this fear that if something's not perfect I can't put it out into the world because it won't get received well and for me my wounding was my and when I was younger my dad was had quite high expectations um of his kids you know I remember coming home from um school one time and I'd got like something like 96 percent in a maths test and he was like oh what happened to the other four percent and I was like I got 96 percent like I was really (laughs) chatting that but it was just like what happened to that four percent and that really sent a message to me like if it's not 100 percent, it's not good enough and I grew up like really thinking like if something's not perfect I'm not going to do it and so so many times didn't take opportunities didn't do things um or did things and didn't think it was good enough and stopped myself from progressing as a result of some of these really earlier attitudes that I didn't really have the maturity to process as a child um and went through a season of kind of reparenting to come out of perfectionism and then that's when I learned about excellence so excellence and perfectionism look the same thing except excellence gives you the space to grow because everything you're, you're doing, you're doing to the best of your ability today. And that doesn't mean that that's the best of your ability tomorrow or the next day or the next day. But it's today, it's the best, it's the most excellent thing that you can do. And excellence also gives you the room to grow, you know. Um, and, and that's why I would say, like, to strive for excellence instead of perfection. Mm, I love that. I think... I think it's something that a lot of creators will definitely resonate with because we have such a kind of ideal of what perfectionism looks like. But mm. but excellence is essentially just trying your hardest and giving your 100% every single time. And that is always good enough as far as I'm concerned. So I think that's an amazing tip. Amazing. Okay, so moving on to number six. Um, you're going to love this one. And I really want you to deep dive on this one, Lucy, which is to journal writing or drawing our feelings down can be very cathartic if you're unable to hone down on what you're feeling we can try using feeling or emotions wheel if you google it google feelings or emotions wheel you'll be able to see some really practical tools that can help really drive down what it is that you're feeling Um, and once you've been able to articulate what you're feeling finding a way to release any negative emotions this could be journaling meditating chatting with a friend um 
but I really want to do a bit of a deep dive on journaling because for me journaling has been an absolute game changer um, we chatted about this about the book The Artist's Way and that was the first time I started I learned about morning pages where you literally just brain dump get up in the morning the first thing you do is you just brain dump anything that you're feeling anything that you're thinking onto a page to almost just kind of um to kind of just like clear out your mind and then be able to really receive what you need to do for that day um how has like journaling changed the game for you Lucy that's um a great question I'm so glad you um referenced the artist way there because that was a huge game changer uh without even realizing I've always been a journaler because just getting something clearing something out of your mind and putting it down onto a page is just just an incredible like you say cathartic way to just kind of release energy and tension for me that sits within the body so um I do my morning pages every single morning and the mornings that I don't I really feel the difference in my in my um my sort of space and my mental space um if I'm sort of feel like really pent up with a specific emotion if I feel angry if I feel rage something that really sometimes helps me is to sit and write in that moment to just take five minutes um if I'm angry it's another person it's writing a letter to them but just for me so that all of those negative emotions just outpour um and then of course I could sort of go more into the creative side of things where just sort of writing poetry even if the things you're writing don't make sense just getting them out and getting them down so I think for me it has been probably one of the biggest game changers for sort of keeping myself healthy and happy is 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 writing stuff down oh amazing I love that so moving on to number seven engage in in activities that release joy this can be anything from reading listening to music dancing or exercise drawing painting anything creative or something like watching an uplifting movie also, I have to say this, if any of you haven't seen this, I highly recommend, but tidying up with Mary Kondo, she has changed the game for me on what it means to do things that spark joy. Um, and something as simple as like decluttering can really help to spark mm. joy. And I didn't realize until I watched this Netflix series and then did it to our house, got Dan into it as well. And it has completely changed the game. Like there is so much joy there to be found in just tidying out and getting rid of clutter so that you can really invite into your kind of home this real presence of joy and being able to see things and to really value things like putting up photos, um, clearing the clutter and having real visual points, whether that's photographs of the family or whether that's um, a piece of art that you really, really enjoy and how those things can really spark joy. Um, so yeah, top tip number seven is to engage in activities that release joy. What releases joy for you, Lucy? Oh gosh, I'm so glad you just said what you said because I, I literally had a huge declutter in my in my apartment this weekend, the weekend that's just gone and I felt so light and so uplifted from just making space in my home. Um, I have this thing where especially like when I'm opening my wardrobe, if I pick something up and within 10 seconds, if it doesn't provide me with joy, I accept the fact that it's time to release it and, and remove it. And often I'll give stuff over to charity shops so that somebody else can get joy out of it. Um, so that is something that I love doing. I also love listening to podcasts. I also love reading. I love listening to music. Um, 
pretty much all of the above all the things you've just said but but decluttering is a big one for me as well amazing I love that okay so moving on to top tip number eight to stay present with gratitude um, releasing gratitude he- um, will help you to stay creatively unblocked as well writing gratitude lists having a gratitude circle where you get into a circle of a group of friends and you just share things that you're grateful for or phoning a friend or zooming if you're still quarantining <laughs> um, and just share things that you're grateful for it's a really really positive way of staying present um, and when we or others put pressure on ourselves to create sometimes this can rob us of the joy of the creative expression and it can create blockages but when we use gratitude what it does is it helps to unblock us and the joy and the connection that you feel um, with your creative self begins to come back releasing gratitude can actually help to alleviate fear and worry and gets us focused on staying present and when we get present we're able to really connect with ourselves in the moment because we're not thinking about our future self we're not thinking about our past self and the mistakes that we made we're able to get really really present and that's like a really great way of getting present is to just say things out loud that you're grateful for even if you talk to yourself in the mirror if you've got no one around just talk to yourself in the mirror um and I found every time that I felt like a creative block or I feel like resistance to work I just start saying things that I'm grateful for and I can feel like the resistance lift um and yeah I read I was reading up about um the um psychological effects of gratitude on the brain um, and actually, when you've gone, when you go through periods of anxiety and depression, the kind of the neurons in the brain begin to, to separate, and you get this feeling of like feeling lost. But what love and gratitude do is it actually begins to help those neurons to reconnect, and it, it it sparks, it literally sparks like happy hormones in your body, and gets um, gets that feeling of lost, feeling lost to lift, um, and that happens from receiving love and from releasing gratitude um so love and gratitude are really really powerful tools in overcoming um creative block in 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 overcoming um anxiety and depression you know um so yeah i would definitely say a top tip is to to get present by releasing gratitude that's amazing i'm a massive fan of gratitude lists i do write my lists every morning and um this is actually reminding me of something that I highly recommend our listeners check out is something called loving kind meditation um because I was reading a book which talks about the very thing you've just said it sort of came from the scientific angle of people that sat with themselves daily and meditated on something they were grateful for or someone they were grateful to um saw a significant increase in um their happiness in general um and their outlook and perspective on life um and it has just been proven time and time again um to to be able to shift perception and to be able to take us to a sort of more calm and and happy space so i think that is an amazing tip amazing oh i love that i love that lucy that's so great um yeah and i can definitely say for me myself like times where i felt really stuck or felt really low um especially in the last couple of weeks because there's been a lot going on in the world um Mm. stay staying positive has been a real challenge um Mm. and one of the things that's kind of helped me to navigate these really challenging times is releasing gratitude um so i really i find it really helpful to write lists and also just to to chat with my husband and also ask my kids like what are things that you're grateful for and get them to think about it as well 
Um, oh, we, like, we like to do that as we sit down to have dinner in the evenings together as a family. We'll say, you know, we'll say a little prayer and then we'll say, all right, what are, what are the things that you're grateful for? Um, and my mm. four-year-old comes up with some right corkers. She's like, oh, I'm grateful for ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for ice cream. She's yeah. got it. She's got it going on. She knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she'll say, "I'm grateful for the sunshine, so I can play outdoors." And then oh. she'll be like, "The other day, she's like, I'm really grateful it was windy, so I could go and fly my kite." <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. It's so simple, but so true. So I'm simple for the sunshine. You know? Yeah, yeah. So you know, it can be so simple, but it's really effective. Cool. Okay, so moving on to top tip number nine. Reduce the amount of time that you look, read, watch the news and go on social media. If it's upsetting you, then give yourself a break, some breathing space. It's okay to switch off for a while and connecting with yourself is the most important task in helping your mental health. Um, One of the challenges of being on social media is that it can be a blessing and a curse at the same time. It can be a really great tool to find motivational quotes, um, to connect with other people. But at the same time, you can get lost in things that don't concern you. You can get lost in other people's emotions. You can get lost in some really, really um, challenging things, especially with everything that's going on at the moment. And um, it's okay to say, actually, you know what, I can feel my emotions or my anxiety starting to rise now this doesn't feel safe to me anymore Um, and it's totally okay there's been times over the last couple of months while we've been in quarantine I've had to delete Facebook and Instagram off of my phone because it's like I can't keep I can't keep looking at stuff Um, and that's been really really helpful to have a bit of a break and be like, okay, let me get in a good headspace. Okay, now I can join the conversation again. And I think it's really, really important because sometimes you can get so lost at looking at all this other content that you don't have time to, to just look at yourself and sit with yourself. Um, and I think one of the key things in helping our mental health is actually to sit with ourselves and have times of silence where we just sit with ourselves and we just think. And we just think, oh, how am I feeling today? What am I concerned about? what am I happy about? Like, what's good today? What's not so great today? And having that time in silence when you're literally drowning out the noise from your eyes and from your ears, <laughs> um, to, to really, to have time to sit with and, and reflect within. Um, and I think that's really key. Um, if, if it's not, if it's not serving you, it's okay to let it go yeah. and come back to it when you're in a place to deal with it. Yeah. I think, I think this is, you know, such a relevant top tip, if not probably for me, one of the most relevant, especially right now, Mm. um, because there is so much confrontation when you sit on social media. There is just so much, so much voice happening and so many different noises coming from so many different directions. Um, I actually took a news blackout myself for about uh, four to six weeks. I think I just didn't open any news articles whatsoever in regards to COVID-19 because I needed a rest like I I just found looking at these articles I mean the way the way certain types Mm. of of press tends to present you with information it doesn't necessarily have to be in the way it is presented to you and often it is in a way to invoke some sort of reaction like fear or like anger and I just don't I just didn't have space for it I just needed a little bit of silence and I tell you what it made all the difference so I 100% resonate with everything you've just said amazing 
yeah, it's yeah, it's been a tough time, but and I can completely relate to that to that mm. as well. And it's okay to switch off. It's okay to take time out, which leads us really nicely into our last mm-hmm. top, top tip, top tip number ten, which is that rest is key to results. Oh, Taking love time that. for. Se- <laughs> Taking time for self-care and rest allows your mind and your body to relax. Uh, This time to stop enables you to store up energy. Consider it like a car being taken to the petrol station to refuel. If you don't (laughs) refuel the car, you're not going very far. (laughs) Um, Da-da, it rhymes. Um, And the refueling also means that you aren't running on empty um, and you have the necessary energy for the long journey of creativity. Um, mm. and that you know I've, I've heard like several other quotes as well I love this one as well that rest is a weapon mm. it's like in the battle of life rest is your weapon in continuing to fight the good fight do you know what I mean um, oh, in just 100%. in your personal life in, in the things that you want to achieve in the things that you want to do um, I think rest is really key and rest can look um, rest can look like sleep like getting more sleep it can also look like taking um a hot bath listening to your favorite kind of music um doing a face mask going for a walk being in nature connecting with friends whatever it is that enables you to rest to get your body into a state of relaxation mm. meditation hypnotherapy those kind of things are really really good for being able to relax your mind mm. and your body at the same time as well um and enabling you to have the space to refuel Mm. um and i've done this in times where i felt like okay i feel overwhelmed and i know that i feel overwhelmed like everything's crazy because i haven't taken time to rest and the moment i switch off and like right i'm just going to go for an hour i'm just going to go and read for an hour i'm just going to go and sit in the garden and just have a cup of tea and take time to stop that one hour has refueled me for the rest of the week sometimes yeah. you know whereas sometimes, sometimes sorry go ahead I, I was gonna say sometimes for me it doesn't necessarily matter what that rest is it's giving myself the permission which mm. is the most important thing like just giving myself the permission and telling Absolutely. myself this is okay to go and have a rest or to go and sit in the garden and read my favorite book it is really just me telling myself this is what you need right now and this is your priority and then I think that's that's all I need yeah absolutely um and I think it's key I think it's key to longevity I think it's key to tackling stress um and anxiety um is taking the time to rest and we don't talk about rest enough because uh, we live in such a kind of um fast paced like gotta get stuff done go 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 kind of society that sometimes taking time to rest can look Mm. like laziness and then we're convinced that we're lazy when actually that's not the case at all that that rest is is Mm. really really key to getting the results that we need um and creating from a place of rest always sends always sends our body into a state of joy rather than creating from a place of anxiety where you feel like that's when you feel the blockages that's when you feel like there isn't that flow that you usually feel and it's usually because you haven't taken time to rest Mm. yeah i love that i think that's so important you've got to fill up your engines keep on going right definitely Mm. definitely um so yeah those are our top 10 tips today um i hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this podcast let lucy any other top tips from yourself 
any wise words you want to leave the listeners with? Because it's usually me that does mm. it. I want to switch the game up today and be like, Lucy, <laughs> what wise words do you have for us? Because Lucy's very wise, guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could have warned me, Suze. No, I'm joking. Um, to be honest, <laughs> I'm going to take every single one of those tips away right now. I really, I really resonated so much with the last thing you said. And I think I maybe just want to highlight what I said again. Is just giving yourself the permission to to do all of these things to allow yourself the time to sit in gratitude journal to to allow yourself time to sit and write your morning list to figure out what your priorities are to take the time for being around the people that you love so I know we can feel like we're always in a bit of a state of flux and especially right now with so much uncertainty around us but I think if I take anything away here it's it's really just permitting myself the love to myself to be able to work with myself to I guess find a find a a better way of being to find a state of peace to find a better way of productivity um I think that's yeah I think that's um the last thing I'd like to say amazing this has been super insightful Susanna (laughs) thank you so much no worries I'm gonna leave the the listeners this is one thing which is investing in your mental health and wellness will lead to your mental wealth so investing in your mental health will lead to your mental wealth Mm. absolutely that's incredible thank you so much for this today Suze no worries until next time guys until next time bye bye (laughs)